Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Kapow Radio Show. I'm here. And I'm here, too. And the date is... Today's date is April 3rd, 2017. Great. Thank you, Mr. Kapow. We are going to talk about some gospel hoaxes, some books that were written in the past that are false gospels that point to a false Christ and literally lead the reader, the believer into a antichrist or a false gospel. And these are dangerous things. It's been going on for several thousands of years. The point we want to make today by going over some of these older texts is to show you that nothing has changed today. Mm-hmm. You still have current books and movies and movements and doctrines of devils and seducing spirits today that are that are saying the same thing and it's the same lie repeated over and over again. For example, though the, the book The Shack and now the movie The Shack coming out is not a gospel per se, there will be many people who see this movie, then are interested and then read the book or vice versa or both, and they will have a false, a hoax perception of the gospel of Christ mm-hmm. and what it means to be a Christ follower. They will miss salvation, and that's what's bad about this. These hoax gospels, these doctrines of demons, and the seducing spirits, the agenda behind them, their goal is for the believer that believes in these things mm-hmm. to lose eternal salvation, eternal life. And that's what will happen. Yeah. Whether we like that or not, whether we have a humanistic approach to life where everybody's going to be saved and everybody's good and as long as you believe and you pay your taxes and you're a good person, no matter what we believe, the truth of the matter, which is contained in the words of God, mm-hmm. which can be can be traced and documented for thousands of years. Our Old Testament that we use mm-hmm. came from Israel, can be traced back to thousands of years to the Masoretic texts, to the Hebrew text. Um, ancient texts were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, in the Qumran Caves. Archaeology, the science of archaeology has proven and uncovered many of our ancient texts mm-hmm. that we use. What you will find in a hoax text is several patterns. And as I read these things, you'll see the patterns. But one of them, one of them, is that you cannot verify any of these texts. They come with some elaborate story of how they were found or, or how they came about. It's some weird elaborate story. The translator can't be found. The original owner can't be found. And the original text could never be examined because something always happens to them. 
toward their head. It's, yeah. it's always the same pattern uh, because you got to remember these are seducing spirits. They they're lying, so there there is nothing to verify these things. The goal is to always discredit the words of God, the Bible, mm-hmm. because these false hoax gospels more than not will say they are the true gospel and that our gospels, our scriptures are the false ones. That's That's what Gnosticism is all about. The Gnostics relied on spirituality, the experience, knowledge coming from other sources and not on the words of scripture that have been handed down and preserved for thousands and thousands of years, Mm -hmm. thousands of years. And when you look at the 66 books of the Bible and how they are so coordinated in spirit, it's impossible. It is impossible for a human to have written so many books and texts throughout thousands of years and to keep the spirit of those books intact without conflict. See, those books were divinely inspired by God. Those are God's words that were written down. These hoax gospels, these hoax books are written by demons. Mm-hmm. That's true. Through, through a human agent that's in touch with demons. Mm-hmm. And today... You have so many books. You have, like I said, The Shack. You have this movie coming out. You have the, uh, what's that movie director, Roma Roma Downey? Downey, uh-huh. They produce a lot of a that lot, nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're, They're very Gnostic. Very, very Gnostic. Gnostic. They're Catholic Gnostics. Now that Easter is approaching, Easter is approaching, you will see... Um documentaries or little mini movies you know they may be entitled finding jesus in fact there was one just this weekend it was called finding jesus finding jesus mm-hmm. uh cnn i mm-hmm. saw that was showing one of these movies about the real jesus or the mm-hmm. truth behind jesus right and during this easter pagan celebration of fertility rites mm-hmm. that have been christianized and ignorant Christians then rename it Resurrection Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they have a church service and where the kids could go out and chase Easter eggs and have Easter egg baskets. And, and it's imperative that they go to church before, as the sun rises. Yes. they Yes, they do a sunrise, sun worship, mm-hmm. <laughs> Helopolis, soul worship. Uh, totally pagan been Christianized by the Catholic Church from the 4th century mm-hmm. and ignorant people all throughout uh, the world will attend an Easter service as well as a Christmas service. Mm-hmm. So you will find a lot of these hoax gospels, these false Christ doctrines of demons out mm-hmm. there at this time, right. a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why this show is important. Mm-hmm. So that's the background behind it. So without further ado, let's bring on our scholar, our intellectual extraordinaire, Mr. Kapow. Okay. Yay. Yay. 
And right there, folks, is a perfect example of a hoax. <laughs> because I suck. <laughs> I suck. But I'm going to share my suckiness with you because I'm a giver. All right? That's right. So, Ms. Capel, let's start with this first one. It's called the Gospel of the Twelve. And what we're going to do is look at some hoaxy gospels, and we're going to find some patterns here. So we're going to explore together as Kapow listeners, are we not? Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. The Gospel of the Twelve, there was an Irish clergyman, and his name was Reverend G.J. Usle. Can you all say Usle? Usle. Now, he claimed to discover the original gospel from which the canonical gospels were derived. I want you to take notice of that because this is a pattern you'll see over and over again. The hoax, the phony fake ones, will inevitably claim that they have superiority over the words of God contained in our ancient scriptures that can actually be traced back to the early church. Mm-hmm. Right? So these are one of the patterns, so make note of that. So this guy does no difference. He claims that what he found is the original gospel, and then everything else was derived from what he found. Yeah, so he has special knowledge. Exactly. And it will go back to Gnosticism. Gnosticism isn't just a philosophy. Gnosticism is in itself a doctrine of demons. It's the Mm -hmm. way demonic spirits operate. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's go ahead. I'm sorry, I was just going to say it's it's the heresies that the gospels are actually talking about. That's part of the flesh. That's that right. those who practice it will not get into the kingdom of heaven. That's right. Or the kingdom of God. That's right. It's apostasy mm-hmm. to the truth. It's a turning away from God's truth. Mm-hmm. Or the rejecting of His word, His commands, mm-hmm. like you said, His truth, and it leads to damnation. Mm-hmm. That's the whole goal of a deceiving spirit. Right. It's a seducing spirit. We always hear the term doctrine of demons. Well, right before that phrase is seducing spirits. Mm-hmm. And the last day will be seducing spirits, teaching doctrines of demons. So they seduce. That's the, the purpose here. Okay, so this guy from Ireland, he says that the book he found is preserved in a Buddhist monastery in Tibet, supposedly hidden by the Essenes. You'll find many of, of these hoaxes will go back to the Essenes or some kind of secretive order um, to make these. Now, when I'm saying hoax gospels, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about books contained in the Apocrypha or even the Pseudepigrapha a whole lot. I'm not even talking about the, the lost books of the Bible type of thing uh, because those those letters in the lost books of the Bible, uh, like say the Epistle of Barnabas that we like. Ms. Capel and I like the Epistle of Barnabas mm-hmm. a lot. And uh, some other ones, a letter to the Magnesians and the Romans and stuff. Those could be traced to the early church. Right. The early church fathers talked about it. I'm talking about bizarre, hoax, hoaxy, Gnostic junk mm-hmm. that people are bought into. That's right. Okay. So I want to be clear on what, what I'm talking about. So this is called the Gospel of the Twelve. And in case you run into something like this or you're watching the History Channel or CNN about the truth about Jesus and, and they're using these texts to tell you who Jesus is, mm-hmm. you need to be aware of that, that they're seducing spirits. So anyway, he said this book was found in a Buddhist monastery in Tibet and it was hidden by the Essenes, which is quite um, unbelievable. He claims it is an Aramaic 
Usley's translation presents Jesus as a vegetarian <laughs> who constantly teaches on health foods. Flowers grow where Jesus steps, lions lay at his feet. Jesus is said to travel to Assyria, India, Persia. Jesus learns the healing power of trees, herbs, and flowers. Um, and those uh, are supposed to account for the apparent miracles he did. Uh-huh. Now, that's the other thing you will see in these texts. Jesus is always minimized. His miracles are minimized. His death and resurrection is minimized to that of a man or just a good teacher or a prophet. Uh, the deity is always taken away. This, this is a pattern you'll see in seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. You'll see it today. Mm-hmm. So th- this, it's not just something that happened in the past. It's, in fact, it's very prevalent today. Oh, it's yes, in your mainstream mm-hmm. churches. Mm-hmm. Your mainstream churches are doing these big conferences, J.D. Uh, Jakes and all these, uh, these rock uh, concerts they're putting on. Mm-hmm. It's all doctrines of demons, folks. Yes, definitely. It's not Christianity. Because it points to man, what yeah. man can do to help himself. Yeah. Not total dependence on God. Mm-mm. That's totally removed. Yep. And that's the whole goal. Mm-hmm. Let's remove God and seduce people. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, as in many modern forgeries, Mary Magdalene is shown to be his partner. Oh, this I is, uh, you remember not too long ago, Dan Brown? Mm-hmm. Dan Brown wrote his um, fictional book, and a lot of people bought into that. Yeah, and then they made a movie. They made a movie out about it. it. It was a big Tom thing. Hanks and yeah, you know, all you have to do is expose somebody to that and qu- and have them question. Sure, huh? Is that true? Sure. There's other books in, in the Bible. In fact, when that came out, I had a person ask me mm-hmm. about these other books. They read across these lost books of the Bible, right. and um, there's a lot of you know books not in our canon, and they had asked me about. You know, are these legitimate and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And I spent great lengths going over. Here's what I think are legitimate, and these these ones are just total nonsense. You know, but the more you study the actual Word of God and have the Spirit in you mm-hmm. that reveals these truths to you the, in the actual Scriptures, the easier it is to recognize a hoax. Yeah, that's why we always emphasize reading the Bible, mm-hmm. studying your Bible. Mm-hmm. If you don't study the Bible. A person who doesn't uh, find value in the scripture mm-hmm. only finds value in the experience and in the love and in the presence mm-hmm. uh, will get more easily deceived That's right. because they don't know what the truth is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very easy. Okay. So um, the publishers of this book try to infer that the canonical gospels are a corrupted version of this gospel, mm-hmm. the gospel of the twelve. And then problems arise in reading the hoax gospel. The Trinity is mentioned using that word, and yet the team or the term, I'm sorry, Trinity was not coined to refer to the triad Godhead until the late second century. Another problem is that Jesus is shown to save a cat and some rabbits and an ape. None of those animals are mentioned in the Bible nor in any other Aramaic, Aramaic, uh, Aramaic manuscript. So from that uh, words were those names translated. From what words were those names translated? Also, wedding bells are mentioned, and yet that became part of medieval ceremonies and were not employed in first century weddings. So Usli, now this guy was a reverend. See, they, all, they get deceived. Mm-hmm. He was born in Ireland but lived mostly in England. 
He was an occultist, and he wrote several books on the occult. His own version of the book in the foreword states that he got the text from spirits. There you have it. At a seance with um, Swedenborg. Remember Swedenborg? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And a few other guys. And a Franciscan priest named Placidus. And these spirits at the seance told him of a supposed manuscript in Tibet. And he never personally ever viewed it, nor has he been to Tibet. So basically, he got this stuff from like remote viewing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So no one else has ever claimed to have seen such a manuscript. And the spirits translated it for him, doing it telepathically, so we are told. So can you see a problem with the gospel of the 12? Mm -hmm. That claims to be the original gospel and the stuff we have hoaxes it's it's a typical pattern so it's very probable that the novels the life of the holy issa and the secret doctrine by madame blavitsky inspired him to make a book that claimed to be an authentic confirmation of the stories in those two novels and then later publishers say that um, it was an aramaic find but failed to tell that it was spirits at the seance, the seance that claimed to have made the fine. And some other publishers in Sweden say that Usli found the document himself in Tibet, but he was never there. The same publishers say that it was hidden by Essenes in that Tibetan uh, monastery, later discovered by Usli, who translated it. And, of course, it's a complete false hoax. Now, that sounds pretty obvious. I think probably to most of our listeners, most Christians would say that's pretty crazy. That's pretty obvious, but uh, let's go on, and we'll look at some other ones that may not be so obvious. Um, Here's one called the Barnabas Gospel, not to be confused with the Epistle of Barnabas. Mm -hmm. The Epistle of Barnabas is contained in your pseudepigrapha, like the lost books of the Bible. Um, That's with like uh, Clement, first and second Clement, um, the Epistle to the uh, Magnesians, and Stuff like that. The the book of Barnabas, I actually like the epistle mm-hmm. of Barnabas. This is not to be confused with that. This is called the Barnabas Gospel. Okay. Um, so those who start a new religion must discredit or explain away the current religions. For example, Muhammad, who founded Islam, proclaimed himself to be a prophet and invented a new religion. His Quran makes statements about Jesus that do not harmonize with the New Testament and he tried to say that Jesus never claimed to be the Messiah. So the Barnabas gospel was discovered in the 18th century by a Prussian. Uh, This guy's name is J.F. Kramer. Not to be confused with Kramer from Seinfeld. (laughs) Thank you. Cosmo Kramer. The oldest manuscript of it dates to the 16th century The Spanish version of the find uh, is that a monk found it in the library of Pope Sixtus V while the Pope was taking a nap. Hmm. The monk read it and promptly converted to Islam. Strangely, this story is similar to another book wherein Nicodemus finds an original book of Moses while in the high priest's house while the high priest was taking a nap. So Kramer seems to make use of the same scenario to explain the source of this book. Okay, that's the other pattern. There's always some supernatural, miraculous, bizarre 
way that they obtained this information in this secret book mm-hmm. that no one else has seen. Yeah. It's always like that. So it can't be traced like our biblical scriptures can be traced back for thousands of years mm-hmm. to the early church. And before that, obviously, to Jews. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these uh, churches that are recent ones, you know, like Bill Johnson and stuff, mm-hmm. they all are founded on a supernatural experience. And when I mean by that mm-hmm. kind of supernatural experience, it's, um, yeah, it doesn't really lift up Christ. Mm-mm. They're just supernatural. It's the gold dust, things. the angel wings going through the, what is it, the gauntlet of fire, mm-hmm. you know, the healing rooms. Because the Spirit of God will always lead you to Christ. He always exalts the Lord Jesus Christ. Exactly. Yeah, never himself. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's not all about experience, presence, and love. No. It's about truth. Let's see here. Um, the Barnabas Gospel tells of Jesus' life. Only everything is altered to conform to what the Muslims say about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It was first printed in 1907, and an Arabic version was done in 1908. Conveniently, for the publishers, guess what? The copy that was to have been read in the Pope's library mm-hmm. while he was asleep has never been found again. Yep. So the hoax is an attempt by its author to validate the Mohammedan or Islam religion and discredit Christianity. Yeah. And there's a lot of Islamic organizations that cite this book. Oh, really? In order to support their Islamic view of Jesus. Wow. Yeah. See, it's, that's the other pattern. Mm-hmm. The Antichrist, the pseudo-Jesus, what we call the Cheez-Its. So, yeah. So you got these Mohammedans going, see? You know, Muhammad was right mm-hmm. about Jesus. But because this is the ancient book that was founded while the Pope was taking a nap. So this guy allegedly just read it and was able to translate it like uh, like immediately from Aramaic. Mm-hmm. Pretty brilliant. Okay, so to me that seems like an obvious hoax. But obviously, like you just said, it's not everybody sees it that way because a lot of Mohammedans are using it to support the Quran view of Jesus. That's right. Which is the false view. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a big one. The Gospel of Thomas. And I think mm. I think Dan Brown used this one. You know, got a lot of his Gnosticism from this one. The Gospel of Thomas. Um, it's a hoax. It was presented to the world as the forgotten gospel that is needed to set straight the record of the New Testament. Get it? It's yep. the same thing. This is the real one. Everything else that you have in the New Testament is is false. So he, now here's the real truth. Mm-hmm. It's always the same. Yeah. So, so they're adding another yeah. document yeah. to the Bible. And yet, but when you dig into these documents, you can't find the original one. You can't you can't trace it back to the early church. You can't find you can't trace it back to Israel. You can't. There's there's no scholarly or scientific archaeological uh, way to validate these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but people people they, they, people are ignorant. They, they, they buy into this stuff. Um, so it's from an ancient work, but it's simply an ancient hoax. The early church knew of this gospel. Hippolytus and Origen spoke of it and both refused to accept it as genuine. The actual book only existed as fragments 
until the Nag Hammadi find in the 1940s. Those of you not familiar with Nag Hammadi, that's where they found the Gnostic writings. The same did Dead Sea Scrolls. Nag Hammadi's in Egypt. And that's, that's where they find all these demonic uh, Gnostic writings. That's where they come from. It was a copy. It was a copy of the 4th century, a copy of an earlier original. And the book consists of 114 of Jesus' statements. About half of them are similar to the ones in the canonical Gospels. They are slightly different. Content, extent, meaning, uh, being slightly altered. The biggest problem is the choice of which words of Jesus they chose. Now, all verses relating to the crucifixion, this is important. Mm -hmm. All verses relating to the crucifixion, resurrection, miracles, Old Testament references are omitted. Mm. Omitted. Uh, Just like the other, the Gospel of the Twelve, wanted to say Jesus got his miracles by going to India and learning herbs and trees, vegetarian. That's Mm -hmm. trying to diminish uh, the power of God. The idea was to have a gospel which shows Jesus as only a wise teacher, not the divine son of God, not the savior and atoner for our sins, not miraculous or special in any way beyond being a great prophet. And it fits well with the Gnostic teaching of Jesus. They want to present his gospel as the original and the canonical gospels as the adulterated, changed form of it. Mm-hmm. So it's another Jesus. It's another, it's a cheez Right. Um, those who followed this and do follow this are not saved. Mm-hmm. Can't be saved. To transform Jesus from savior of mankind to just teacher is their goal. No admonitions of sin. Mm-hmm. Now, this this book was known by the early church fathers. But what I'm about to tell you is the same thing that's going on today in our modern Christianity. Mm-hmm. In our churchianity. No admonitions of sin, repentance, or conversion are allowed. Everything is about knowledge and spiritual insights. And you just mentioned, um, what's his face? Bill Johnson's church. Yes. In Reading. uh, Bethel in Reading. That's what that church is all about. That's what Bill Johnson's all about. That's what they teach. Experience. Mm -hmm. Yep. Experience and spiritual insights, gnosis. See, and then in the true gospel is about becoming a new creature in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. And to become a new creature, you have to hate that old creature. Mm-hmm. It has to die to its sin. You have to repent. Yep, repentance Convert. is required. Yep. Um, scholars recognize that uh, this gospel of Thomas is a Gnostic book. The differences from the canonical gospel is so vast that it's not surprising that we find no mention of this book ever being used in church services and no early church reference other than condemnation of it. And Gnosticism does not want sin. Therefore, no redeemer is necessary in their belief system. They have always wanted to be considered Christian. Gnostics have always wanted to be considered Christian, just like they do today. Yeah. But with the removal of sin, redemption, atonement, all that stuff, it left so little of the essential doctrines of Christianity that the early church excommunicated those who held these ideas and possessed their books. So way back when, 1900 years ago, these Gnostics were wolves in sheep's clothing. They were pretending to be Christian, using Mm -hmm. Christian lingo. 
and talk and dress and everything, but removing the essential doctrines of the Scripture. No sin, no repentance, no atonement. That's important to realize that, yeah. especially this Easter season with all the stuff coming on. Just because it looks Christian doesn't mean that it is. That's right. More than likely it's not. If you're watching on TV, it's not. Um, now, there is one verse in this hoax gospel, this is interesting, that even the Gnostics are trying to delete from it. They know it's not only unchristian, but it's politically incorrect for today. So now they are trying to say that this verse must have been added later. Some are trying to reword it in more modern translations, and mm-hmm. some more are trying to find some metaphysical definition for its words. But try as they may, this verse is the most troubling to them. Um, in the Gospel of Thomas, verse 114, this is what it says. Simon Peter said to them, make Mary leave us, for females don't deserve life. Wow. Jesus said, look, I will guide her to make her male so that she too may become a living spirit resembling you males. <laughs> for every female who makes herself male will enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. End of quote. Now, this, oh. <laughs> so they got a problem with that. The, the uh, spirit behind it, the seducing spirit. I, can you see transgenderism in here? Yes. You know, mm-hmm. not male to female, but female to male. I mean, but you can see the spirit behind it. You can see the, the confusion behind it. So mm-hmm. uh, the poor Gnostics are having trouble with that little verse in their little Gospel of Thomas. Um, of course, if you say that it was added later, then it discredits the original uh, mm-hmm. text and so well, you got a problem so i'm going to skip over the uh, gospel of mary magdalene this yeah. is this yeah. is also a big one because it's called the apocryphon of john but that's where you know you have jesus and mary together and everything the other one is the aquarian gospel um that's big i'm going to skip over that for right now because i don't want to run out of time um and maybe i'll go back to those if i have time but um i want to get to um these these couple more are really bad because I think it's important. This one's called Talmud. It's it should be Talmud Manuel, but it's spelled with a J. J M. Jamanuel. You know who Billy Meyer is? You know Billy, uh, yeah. the mm-hmm. UFO guy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this about him, but apparently, uh, he knows a lot of stuff about. The Gospels. Hmm. Billy uh, Meyer, born in Switzerland in 1937, wrote Talmud Jamanuel, and it's a uh, another hoax gospel. It first of all has all the obvious signs of a hoax, and like we discussed before, there's no manuscript available to study it. The text is only in modern languages. And the fine story is is ridiculous, and it contains obvious internal errors. So these are these patterns you will always see, Mm -hmm. how they came across the text, how they found it. It's always crazy and ridiculous because they can't, you can't, can't trace this stuff. It's not real. It's a doctrine of demons. The conspiracy theory that is used by Meyer to explain many errors and omissions is based on us believing that the Jewish and Christian leaders conspired together with police forces of the Middle East, the Israeli army, the Mossad, 
and were all willing to assassinate people to keep this book from the public reading it. Mm-hmm. How, how, how many have you? How many people have you run across this? Especially like on YouTube and stuff. You know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, watch the video that Trump doesn't want you to see. Yeah. You know, this is the secret stuff that no one else. This, this is it. This is the big conspiracy. Alex Jones is big at this. You know, mm-hmm. uh, everybody's after me. Um, this is this is the uh, the program that uh, the rest of the world doesn't want you to hear. Here on this, by, by, by the way, while you're here, why don't you buy some of these products and click on it so I can get paid, you know, right? Meyer and his followers misspell Emmanuel using J instead of an I. And here's the reason for doing so. It's not that they're stupid. You know why they use the J instead of I in Emmanuel? They spell, they spell it J-M-M-A-N-U-E-L, Jemmanuel. Well, Billy says it's because space aliens commanded them to do so. Ah, okay. So right there, right there should be reason for pause. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But nay, nay. But nay, nay. Supposedly, the manuscript was found in 63 by a Greek Catholic priest named Rashid. Uh, It was found in a hidden cave, Mm -hmm. of course. The manuscript is four scrolls written in Aramaic. Rashid translated the text for Meyer, though he was persecuted by the church and the Jews. He had to flee from Jerusalem to Lebanon, where the village he sought refuge in was attacked by the Israeli army to try to kill him. He fled then to Palestinian camp, which had massive attack. The scrolls were taken, probably burnt, so he fled to Baghdad, where he was assassinated in 1977 by Israeli agents. Wow. Wow. But yet, space aliens mm-hmm. commanded them to call it Talmud Jamanuel. So the scrolls are missing, the translator is dead, and no one could verify or prove that Rashid ever really existed. And the church supposedly that ordained him does not know him. The university that he supposedly attended does not know him. No family can be found to verify he's a part of them. Mm-hmm. So how would the church or the Jews have found out about the scrolls? And why would they have been so insistent to destroy them? Hmm. Not even been translated yet? The Dead Sea Scrolls were welcomed by the church and the Jews, though no one knew what they would reveal. So according to this book, Talmud Jamanjuel, imagined by Meyer, Billy Meyer, the author was premised to be Judas Iscariot. Oh, no kidding. Yes, Judas and supposedly he was the only true disciple of Jesus. Right? Of course, yes, so yes. Everything good is bad. Everything bad is good. It's mm-hmm. upside down in their world. All the biblical gospels are supposed to be fakes. There it is. Mm-hmm. There's Need the pattern. Uh, they're censored to fit into church dogma. The text of Meyer's book is a rewritten version of Matthew inserting Meyer's own ideas, borrowing freely from other hoax books. Mm -hmm. He adds a further element of saying that Jesus' life was orchestrated by, drumroll please, aliens. Ah. Aliens from another planet. Mm -hmm. Extraterrestrials Mm -hmm. guided Jesus' life. Extraterrestrials. The book was anti-Christian leaning, um, has anti-Christian leaning, yes. Putting words in Jesus' mouth, speaking against most orthodox beliefs of Christianity. Jesus, according to this book, did not die on the cross, Mm -hmm. and he fled the grave to go to India. 
The Essenes seek to get Jesus to join their secret order. Jesus says, no, nah, I ain't going to do that. And then Jesus preaches reincarnation in the book. Uh, mm-hmm. Jesus is said to have predicted Muhammad to come 500 years later. Yep. So there it goes. There are several books here that are tied to Islam. Mm-hmm. Makes you wonder why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 It says here that Jemini, uh, Jemmanuel, uh-huh. he devoted his life to teaching about the true nature of the universe ah. and the immortality of the human spirit through reincarnation and a way of life that is liberating and free from the illogical constraints of human greed and lust for power. Mm. So once again, it's man doing his own redemption type of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, apparently everything in this book, the only living witness, everybody's dead. Um, you know, is a UFO enthusiast. And uh, the manuscript, according to him, supports all of Billy's UFO theories. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So there's a massive conspiracy, according to Billy, to keep us from finding all this out. And the holes in the story are explained by a mysterious conspiracy, landslides, conveniently dead people, commands from space aliens, and whatnot. So, yeah. Okay. Welcome to the Remnant Resistance. Welcome to Welcome the Remnant Resistance. 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 Resisting and fighting the enemies of God. You're listening to the Kapow Radio Show Network. What? And Kapow stands for Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. You can hear all the shows on archive anytime or as an iTunes download. Our topics include the paranormal, the supernatural, and spiritual warfare. The Kapow Radio Show is sponsored by Fiftook Media. Visit fifthookmedia.com to see our ebooks about spiritual warfare. That's F I F T H O O K media.com. Let's move on because uh, there, there's a lot of them to talk about, but I want to talk about this one because this one everybody will recognize, not that you've read it or have it, but you'll recognize it because, uh, well, they're your neighbors probably. Um, this is the Book of Mormon. Brother Kapow, you're putting the Book of Mormon in the hoax books. That's right. The Book of Mormon is not one espoused by Gnostics, but it is one that is inspired of demons and not by God. It has a lot of Gnosticism in it, mm-hmm. but it's not one that the Gnostics claim. Joseph Smith Jr. on September 21st, 1823. Oh, just on a side note, did you know that there is the Book of Mormon on Broadway? No. Yeah. It's a, a like a. It was first staged in uh, 2011, and it talks about the um, Mormon belief about two missionary Mormon missionaries who traveled to Africa to preach the Mormon religion. That's got to be an exciting play. I mean, here you go to to New York, you go to Broadway to see a play, and this is what you go see. Mm-hmm. Not cats. Yeah, but I think also it's like a satire or something like that, too, oh. the Mormon faith. Oh, they're kind of making fun of it? I think so. Mm. I don't remember. I just remember 
something like that. Well, maybe if it comes to Mesquite, we should go see it. <laughs> oh, here. Okay, wait. I wrote, I, I Googled it. It's the first Broadway musical by Matt Stone and Trey Parker, oh. the creators of South Park. So, yeah, so it's probably around. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Never mind. Never mind. We're screwing around. So they got Car- Eric Cartman going. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing sacred with those people. No. Okay. So Joseph Smith was born in uh, 1823. No, I'm sorry. On 18 uh, September 21st, 1823, he was 17 years old, and he was praying. Miss mm-hmm. Powell. Mm-hmm. He was praying, and then an angel appeared. And this guy's this angel's name is Moroni. Mm-hmm. You know why his name was Moroni? Because he's a moron. Well, that too. <laughs> but he's the son of Mormon. His father's name, the angel's father's name was Mormon. And so he is Moron, Moroni, oh. which I guess means like little Mormon. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that's what it is. So anyway, this angel named Moroni appeared to uh, Joseph Smith Jr. and told him, of some golden plates, a book of sorts that contained the fullness. Now, there it is, the fullness of the everlasting gospel. See the pattern once again? Mm-hmm. This is it. What I'm about to reveal to you is the fullness. It's, it supersedes what you think you know or what's in Scripture. Um, and this gospel was supposed to have been delivered by Jesus to the ancient inhabitants of America. So this is really like an American seducing spirit Mm -hmm. doctrine of demons now remember in in galatians uh paul says but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel Mm -hmm. unto you than that which we have preached unto you let him be accursed wow really think about that Mm -hmm. so you have and we have mormon friends i i have oh gosh yeah i have especially out here yeah (laughs) yeah we live it was founded by uh mormons I have, I mean, probably just off the top of my, I, get, I have half a dozen uh, people that I like, mm-hmm. that I consider, you know, nice acquaintances that are Mormon. Mm-hmm. And what you just read is is pretty heavy. Yeah. That if something delivered to you, even by an angel, mm-hmm. other than the gospel of Christ, you're accursed. See, and that falls under the Ooh. supernatural. Yeah. So realm. that's, oh Lord, man. Okay, so Joseph Smith Jr. found the plates buried in a stone box in the side of Camorra, uh, Camorra Hill near, near Palmyra, New York. Moroni would not let Smith have them for four years. Just before he was allowed to get the plates, he moved to Harmony, Pennsylvania due to persecution. There he translated the plates by using the Urim and Thummim, mm. which are two magic stones, uh, which he, you know, obviously got those names from the Old Testament the, on the priest's um, ephod. Mm-hmm. The Book of Mormon in its early editions had many grammatical errors and many of its passages were obviously taken from the King James Version. The early inhabitants that it says once inhabited America have never been shown to exist and scholars, archaeologists, and historians dispute such claims. The eighth article of faith of the Mormon religion says, quote, we also believe the Book of Mormon to be the Word of God, end of quote. So what does this book teach? They believe right. it to be the Word of God. Mm-hmm. The Book of Mormon is a composite of strange teachings. It teaches sensuality as Mohammedans do. 
There's our Islam again. Mm-hmm. There's our Islam again. You know, Dr. Walter Weith, um years ago, we, we watched this DVD of him, and he put together the fact that the Roman Catholic Church and Islam are one and the same. The Roman Catholic Church controls the Islamic religion. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he did, you know, he's a brilliant guy, but great uh, research together. But I can see this more and more. Yeah. You know, you can and see that's th- how they're probably going to infiltrate the whole world yeah. somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're thinking Through that. All these uh, religions, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're thinking that, uh, you know, the terrorists are going to come and turf. Mm-hmm. Chop your head off and force you to do it, but it's it's through Catholicism, Christianity, religions. And we were just yeah. talking about this the other day that um, how we're seeing a lot of these different religions, like uh, Lutheran, Catholic, um, Methodist, yeah. here in Nevada, anyway, that they're all unifying. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all singing so in the same choir, going to the same place. And, of course, the Pope says that. Yeah. We all religions have to be unified now. Yeah. So, you, But you can see it happening. Mm-hmm. Pretty sketchy stuff. Let's see. Um, bah, 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 bah. So the Book of Mormon, it also teaches um, not only like some things that Islam does, it teaches some of the uh, Brahmanism, beliefs about God, you know, like Hinduism. It has a touch of Gnosticism in relation to the creation of the world and very little pure Christian theology. And uh, you add to the mixture a few of the peculiarities of Joseph Smith's personal thoughts, and that's the Book of Mormon. It teaches polytheism. The book teaches that God once was a man like we are, and we are to work our way to godhood and become one of the many gods. The book teaches man should only have one wife. That's in the the book of Jacob, chapter 2. But the people in the faith believe differently. Polygamy is okay, some of these people. The book teaches that Jesus married three wives, which in itself shows Jesus breaking the rule laid down in chapter 2 of the book of Jacob. In the book of Mormon, uh, the book teaches that man works his way to heaven, and there is a multi-storied heaven, and the level reached is determined by their works. Mm-hmm. So that's why you get good Mormons yep. working for their organization. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. That's how you manipulate. Uh, the, the story in the Book of Mormon is that there were two migrations to North America. The first happened in 2250 B.C. when a group called Jaredites left the Tower of Babel. They crossed the Pacific uh, Ocean in boats. They landed in Central America. They built large cities and prospered. The Jaredites did not get along well, and all but two uh, were killed. And then uh, the, the, the two that were left, one beheaded the other one. Oh, so nice. so that, that didn't work. The second group were Lehi and his family. Lehi was a Jewish prophet who arrived about 600 B.C. He and his son Nephi, I always think that's great because it's like a Nephilim. Mm -hmm. He and his son Nephi built a large boat. They reached South America. Some families of Nephi and his brother Laman rebelled against God and God cursed them and made them black. 
That's in Second Nephi five twenty one. He cursed them and made them black. Mormons believe that the Indians are descendants of Laman. And this would mean all Indians are Jewish and not Mongolian, as anthropologists tell us. So next time you see a Paiute Indian or a uh, an Indian brother, he's Jewish, according to Mormons. In A.D. 385, near the hill where the golden plates supposedly were found, the Lamanites and the Nephites fought a great battle, and only Moroni survived. Moroni, the son of Mormon, is the one who appeared to Joseph Smith, Jr. Joseph Smith led his followers as far as Missouri and Illinois, but was shot by an angry mob in Illinois. Then Brigham Young led the group then into Utah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep, here we are. The whole system of Mormonism rests on what angels and deceased saints supposedly taught Joseph Smith. You get that? Deceased saints. So necromancy, speaking mm-hmm. to the dead. And the Catholics do that. Yes, they do. They speak to the dead. Mm-hmm. They talk to St. Bernard. Um, the revelations that they have... Uh, that they have contradict the word of God. The angel Moroni announced a gospel that is not the same gospel as given in the Bible. Huh? Now you read Galatians 1, 6 through 9, right? Mm-hmm. So there it is. That even, even revelations from an angel, if they differ from the Bible's revelations, let them be accursed. Now beside the Book of Mormon, they, uh, they added other books, the Pearl of Great Price, Mm-hmm. in which one edition tells us that Satan wanted to redeem all of mankind, but God refused to do that. Satan. Satan wanted to redeem all of mankind. Yeah. Joseph Smith also added a verse to Genesis 50. I love this. Mm-hmm. I love this. Joseph Smith, Jr., added a verse to Genesis 50. And he did that to predict his own coming. Had <laughs> 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 it been... Had it been God that wanted to say something like that, he obviously would have had Moses, Moses, 5,000 years ago, uh, put that in. Um, But Joseph Smith said, uh, I'll put that in myself, and um, he predicted his own coming. Uh, here's, Here's what he said. In that verse, in Genesis 50, he adds, quote, And that seer I bless, and his name shall be called Joseph. For the thing which the Lord shall bring forth by his hand shall bring my people unto salvation. End quote. <laughs> wow. I mean, if you're going you're gonna to be crazy, I guess the crazier you are, the more people are going to follow your seducing doctrine. Exactly. The, the more outlandish you can be. A third book is considered sacred to the Mormons, and that's the Doctrine and the Covenants. And then the three Mormon books teach that Christ's sacrificial death was only for the sins of Adam. Personal sins must be atoned for by obedience to the Mormon ceremonies, henceforth their church, a life of good works, and membership and obedience to the Mormon church is necessary for salvation. Exactly. So it's just like Catholicism. Salvation comes through the church, Mm -hmm. through the organization. Yeah. 
One is taught to work towards godhood, and plurality of wives is taught as a means of grace and increases one's chances of honor and glory in the world to come. Those poor bastards. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? All will be damned if they are not Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. So just like we believe they're damned and going to go to hell and a curse, they believed we are, That's you right. are. And any person who would take a holy ordinance or like communion from a minister of the Christian church will go to hell unless they repent of such an impious act. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Missing or unavailable, as usual, are the golden plates. It's the pattern. You mm-hmm. cannot trace the original source of these doctrine of demons. No one, know, no one knows where the plates are. Um, the angels teaching a variant gospel, an unchristian teachings, non-historical characters, no archaeological verification of the existence of the cities, the peoples, etc. These all send large red flags, all of which are inscribed with the word hoax. Yep. Fake. Fake. Can't trace anything. All right. How much time do we have? Well, 52 minutes. This is very interesting. I can go on. I got more and more and more. Should I talk about the Kabbalah or should I talk about, let's see, one more. I can do the Kabbalah. I can do the, yeah, let's do the Kabbalah. Kabbalah. Okay. Then we're going to, then we'll end the show. Uh, Yeah. Okay. The Book of Splendor. It's also called Sefer Yetzirah. Yetzirah. This book has been called the Bible of the Kabbalah. It was written in the 13th century by Moses de Leon. He claims it was from a manuscript by Simeon bar Yokai, who wrote it about 200 AD. And here's your incredible story again, your incredible story. The story goes that Simeon ben Yokai spent 13 years living in a cave, uh, isolated from others. Yeah. And he did this to write a book he called Zephyr Yetzirah. Or like Zohar, huh? The Z-O-H-A-R? Yeah, some of it, I think, in fact, some of it is kind of has some of those teachings in it. The Kabbalah that he described therein is supposedly a secret science. There it is, your gnosis. Secret. Secret, your gnosis, secret knowledge, secret. Uh, It's a secret science that was transmitted to Adam and Abraham from God. And some angels, and they were to pass it down verbally as they received it. And then, about forty-two hundred years ago, or forty-two hundred years after Adam, and two thousand years before Abraham first received it, the orally transferred secrets were to be written down by Simeon. Then, over a thousand years more pass, and finally Moses de Leon finds the scroll. Can you believe that? Mm-mm. Thirteen years in a cave. And he finds the scroll. And he puts it again in writing. And now we have the message of the Kabbalah. So that's the history of the Kabbalah. So when you see Madonna and all these people, the Hollywood people, you know, supporting the red, what is it, red strings or yarn or whatever they wear. Yeah, the red thing around their... And they're, they're, um, you know, they're practicing the celebrity Kabbalah. It's Jewish mysticism. It's Jewish magic. But that's that's the uh, that's the history of it. Some guy in the cave, thirteen years, all of a sudden um, discovered the scroll, the scroll, and he uh, he translates it. Amazing! What a brilliant guy! 
and he puts it back in a writing, and the message is, is the Kabbalah. That's where you get it. So it's from the Hebrew word Kabbal, meaning to receive, which is the active masculine form of Kabbal. The feminine passive form is Kabbalah, so it means to be received. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just think that's creepy. Kabbalah is a Jewish mysticism. This concept reached its final or immediate form in the 13th century in Europe via Moses de Leon. Generally, its beginning forms can be traced to early Israel with some Egyptian and some Greek influence. This Kabbalah sees the inner mind as the source of understanding God and truth. Just like Bill Johnson's church. Mm-hmm. Just like J.D. Jakes and Paula White and all the rest of them. They see their own brains, their own minds, their own genius as the source for understanding God and truth. Yeah. And the Bible says something about the, the heart. Man that trusts in his own heart is basically screwed. Screwed, blued, and tattooed. That's what I found in the ancient scrolls on the flat top mesa when I was up there digging around in a cave looking for a turtle, a desert tortoise. Okay? I'm going to be coming out with my translation really quick. In fact, it's in Proverbs. It says, trust them. Oh, no. I, I, I got that wrong. I was going to get that one scripture. But oh. I... You're looking at the Book of Mormon, aren't you? No. <laughs> in the Kabbalah, they use gematria, which is from the Greek letter gamma, meaning three, they calculate the meaning of words by the numerical value of the words. So they do all this weird little magic stuff. They also use uh, notarikon, notarikon, which is a system of acrostics wherein one takes the letters of each word, making a word for each letter. For instance, they'll take the Hebrew word for Jehovah, which like Yahweh, Mm -hmm. Y-H-W-H, and then make three or make each letter mean a different word. Yeah. In that case being earth, wind, fire, and water. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Okay. The four branches of the Kabbalah are one, dogmatic, two, literal, three, practical, and four, unwritten. Those are the, the branches. So let's talk about those and learn something here. The first branch of Kabbalah is dogmatic, and it sticks to the Jewish mystical literature. It sticks to the Torah, which is our Old Testament. The Talmud, which is the those books written in the Babylonian captivity and stuff, and they mm-hmm. explain a lot of things. And the Sefer Yetzirah, this book that uh, this dude found in a cave or whatever. And Bahar Zohar. Mm. Okay. The literal branch deals with the mystical attributes of the Jewish alphabet. Words that add up to the same value are thought to have mystical relationship. The practical branch of Kabbalah deals with the central symbol behind the whole system. That's the tree of life. The tree of life symbol represents the whole universe. Mm. So how many logos and stuff do you see that have that tree Oh, lots of branch them. in there. You know, you don't mm-hmm. even know what that is. Well, even movies will have that tree. That tree, yes. 
some kind of weird picture, mm-hmm. some kind of weird thing of that tree. Mm-hmm. That's Kabbalah. It's the tree of life. That's their symbol, mm-hmm. and it represents the entire universe, that tree of life, Kabbalah. It's Jewish mysticism, Jewish magic, occultist, doctrine of demons, seducing spirits. Number four, the unwritten branch believes the main source of truth comes to the mind, not through Scripture, through the mind, not via the written word. See, that's where your experiences come in. Yep. Uh, It thinks that God does not want to reveal the bulk of truth by having a written book containing such. So they're actually anti the written scripture. Mm -hmm. That truth comes through the mind. So they don't have the love of truth or the love of the word. Mm -mm. It's very Gnostic. It's all about coming to your mind. And you can see these patterns. Mm -hmm. Everything I read has the same kind of patterns. There's some weird dude, has some weird kind of story, how this came about. You can't trace it back, blah, blah, blah. And it's always special knowledge. Mm -hmm. And it's better than the stuff you have. Right. And they always know more about God and Jesus than than you do. Well, because they got special revelation. Yeah. Satan is seen by the Kabbalist as being a loyal servant to God. So if you have a Jewish Kabbalist, right? Kabbalah. And I don't know if Trump's son-in-law is into Kabbalah. I know he's, he's, he's a heavy Jewish guy. And uh, Ivanka converted to Judaism and mm-hmm. everything. I don't know if he's into Kabbalah. But if he is, he's a Satanist. Mm-hmm. They're one and the same. Right. You can't be a Jewish guy into the Kabbalah and not worship Satan. You're a Satanist. Right. I'm just saying. Because they believe that Satan is a loyal servant to God. And God is offering man free will. See, God is offering man free will by having his servant, Satan, offer us a choice to do evil instead. Mm. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Satan, for tempting me. <laughs> I'm going to have to pass on that one and get some brownie points. The original manuscript from which Moses de Leon translated what Simeon Bar Yokai had said is, you're not going to believe this, it's missing. (laughs) They can't find the original text. Just like everything I've talked about, including the golden plates from the Book of Mormon, you would think that plates made out of gold... You would have, like, held on to that a little closer. Yeah, you've been more careful. Somebody Oops, would have guarded it. it. <laughs> yeah. An ancient scroll that's fragile, that could be unrolled and just disintegrated. You think you'd be a little careful with it. Mm-hmm. You think it might be in a British museum or something in Oxford being mm-hmm. studied. Huh. Wonder why. Anyway, the original text where the Kabbalah comes from can't be found. You know why? Because these are all doctrines of demons seducing spirits. They come to the mind of that human Who's given themselves over to Satan? Mm-hmm. That's their purpose. So, uh, yeah, it's missing. <laughs> There's no historical reference to Simeon, huh? Nor any quotes or references to his book for the 1,100 years it took to be found. And now, it it, it is again missing. So, <laughs> this book was written over 1,100 years ago. There's no references anywhere about this book. And then this guy, Simeon, who no one could trace or find, there's no Mm -hmm. record of him, found it, and now it's missing again. (laughs) 
So it's a good thing we got some Kabbalists who know what they're doing. Exactly. Or we'd have nothing. So no scholar can evaluate the text, verify translation, or date the book, anything like that. All right? So we're one hour into the show. I have many more I could talk about, but I think we made our point, mm-hmm. I believe. And I thought it was kind of interesting to go over some of those weird um, Gnostic texts, especially at this time of the season in Easter, where you will see things on TV, History Channel, CNN, Fox, whatever you watch, you'll see some of these things. Um, if you still attend a church, you may um, go to an Easter service or a sunrise service or something like that. And, um, well, just know that it's, you know, <laughs> it's a hoaxy, uh, it's a hoaxy thing. Yeah. Um, and you gotta be, you gotta be very discerning. Yeah. And this, this, um, study is really important because in Ephesians four eleven through 16, it says, and he, God gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ mm-hmm. till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children here's the word tossed to and fro and carried away or carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love that's it mm-hmm. that's yeah so go home and read that one again Ephesians four eleven through 16 excellent and that on that note let's give a chow Fight for me about the sins that I did.
spaceships that might come from Mars, fancy speeches from those leaders of ours through the teachings of men who still lie. But all I know is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. 